So you have to tell me, how does a college student at UW Oshkosh end up working with the Packers, Brewers, Bucks, among many other sports-related things? It must have seemed at the time like a dream job, hey, and now you're living it. Well, you know, I in our business, uh, we refer to the radio, TV, and film department at UWO as the Harvard of the Midwest. Okay. Now, I know that might be... I know that might be a little bit of a stretch, but <laughs> they actually, they, look, they do have a quite the program down there. There's only a handful of facilities in the state where you you have a fully working TV department in college that cranks out half-hour shows, newscasts, sports shows, variety, comedy. I mean, we had a game show there. You know, there were probably eight to ten shows back in the early 90s that, that were produced on a weekly basis. And, and part of the radio department... Um, when it came to fulfilling your credits and taking courses, you know, you would DJ three to six hours a week. And, and since I had played football at the time, I never got to do any broadcast. I would always do the play-by-play and color analyst for uh, UW Oshkosh women and men's basketball teams and baseball team during the springtime. And so I kind of cut my teeth doing that and got a job up here right out of college and uh, at the competing station over at WLUK, I was an editor and producer and writer and making minimum wage of five bucks an hour or whatever it was. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and again, that's a long time ago, but, you know, that's how I started. I, I really started right at the bottom, got lucky enough to uh, land a job over at WFRV and started out as a camera, sports camera guy, and I literally was kind of uh, Larry McCarron, the rock, his his sidekick. You know, whenever he right. did an interview, I was shooting, I was shooting it. You know, when we went to games across the country, I was on the field getting pictures of the guys, you know. So that that's kind of how I started and then just slowly but surely worked my way up over the years. Now, uh, I recently I had John Mino on the show with me. Now, did you work with him too since you worked with McCarron? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Like, to quote the great Ron Wolf when referring to Al Davis, from those two guys I learned a heck of a lot <laughs> about the business on what, on what to do and I learned what not to <laughs> Both valuable, no, I know was, that. Was, oh, yeah, mine was, mine was a great mentor in many ways, especially on the radio side. You know, he had done everything. I mean, he was he was doing the, the, the sports TV shows, he was doing live simulcasts, and, and there was a good four-year stretch where I was pretty much both of those two guys, their producer, editor, writer, live shot guy, and, and photographer. And they call him photographers, cameraman, that's what it is. Right, right. You know? So, Great way so, to yeah, learn. No, I, I worked with him over at uh, 1360 WTAQ, or actually it was 1440 WNFL for a while. And he had his own morning radio show, so I'd be a sidekick on that one. And then, you know, help Larry and him during the night side on TV. So, yeah, I got I got real lucky to thrown, get thrown to the wolves, so they say, with those two. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, besides this show, one of the things I do is play-by-play for Marinette Sports, and one of my favorite things that you've done is high school sports extra? A lot of people like that. How did that come to be? Now I understand that you came up with that, right? Yeah, you know what? At the time, it, nobody was doing it, and uh, you know those guys—they they were the Packer guys, and and John, you know, Mino was the UW Green Bay voice of the Fighting Phoenix, and and at the time we had all these people going out on Friday, and I was kind of in charge of everything else. That's pretty much what they did. They said. We got this covered. You can help us out with this. You, hey, let's really build this high school thing. So I thought, gosh, from August to March, we're going out with crews all over from Marinette, Menominee, you know, not as much up there because sure. it's an hour away and there's only so many games. 
it's the same as Fond du Lac or Sheboygan. You know, it's a hall. Um, but we've got people all over the northeast Wisconsin area, and we get all these great highlights and footage and on Friday nights, and we're not doing anything with it. It's, it's, by midnight, it's an afterthought. And uh, this was before the web really got big. This was before Facebook. This was before Twitter. So I said to him, I said, you know what? If I'm going to be anchoring on Saturday night, why don't we do a half, why don't we do a half hour high school show after? We'll pick a team of the week. We'll invite a coach on or a newspaper writer or, you know, a radio guy, whatever. Just find a guest um, and then have a feature on, on a different athlete of some kind or an individual or a team in volleyball or soccer or whatever. And just really do a half hour full show on the high school, high school kids. And then, you know, now everybody's doing it. Yeah, including <laughs> so, me. I even so yeah, no, I, yeah. I have a high school. Yeah. I have a player on at halftime for everything: baseball, basketball, football. I have a player on at halftime yep. for every game. So yeah, I took some of that. Yep. No, it's uh, it was it was fun, and you know, it, it's still. Let's put it this way: it's still on the air. You know, I think yeah. we started it back in two, back in two thousand. It's uh, two thousand eighteen. So yeah, quite a run. Honestly, and you know what? It's cyclical. It it, it it goes with the kids and the families. Oh, you know, yeah, when your kids sure. are in high school and you, you guys, uh, and your nephew or your niece or somebody you know, on there, you look for the highlights. Three years after they're out, you may have forgotten about your team. But then, then a couple of years later, all of a sudden you're wondering how yep. your peer or Kimberly or Kukana or Little Shoot or Baronet or Denmark or Clintonville or Seymour, all these, these little communities where sports still matter, you go and you get to see your kids on there. Yeah, exactly. No, that's a great run for that show, but what a great run you've had with the Packers. I think you started in 95, great players, great teams, Super Bowls. Um, it's, yeah. probably, it's probably hard, but what's your favorite memory over the years covering the Packers? Um, You know, it, it's hard to take away from that 96 season and, and have anything compare, compare to it. I mean, you know, here I am 26 years old or whatever, 25 years old, right out, you know, a couple years out. Um, I started in 95, they lost to the Cowboys in the title game, and then, you know, they had that great season, you go to Bourbon Street, and New Orleans, and you're just, it was a whirlwind of an eight-day trip, um, but there are little things along the way, you know, I had a blast covering, when Don Granado was the, was the coach of the Gamblers, okay. and I got to travel with them to the National Final Four down in Springfield, Illinois, uh, went on a road trip with them behind the scenes to... Uh, Lincoln and Omaha on, on a Nebraska weekend with them. A um, couple trips with the Fighting Phoenix on the road during the NCAA tournament. You know, and go back to that 96 team. And it was Norgard and Berlowski and, and yeah. Gary Gresh, who's now the coach at St. Norbert. And Eric Jackson was the point guard. Um, DGA Championship. You know, a couple in yeah, 2010, I think it was. You know, Rory McElroy was just coming up on the, you know, just making up the ranks. I mean, he might have been, he was just, cracking the top ten, and, uh, you know, here I'm doing a one-on-one with Rory McIlroy, and he's the nicest guy, 21 or 18, 19, I don't remember how old he was, but just normal guy with an Irish accent <laughs> down in Sheboygan, you know? Right. I mean, he just, it was one of those things that it really uh, it brings you back down. I mean, I met a couple of NASCAR guys, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Michael Waltrip, and um, it, it, it's, it's allowed me to meet some of these people that you on a daily, you know, a weekly basis on the weekend, and and you realize some of them are just normal people, you know. Right, right. Now, uh, yep. who's been your favorite player to interview over the years, good or bad? Like the most interesting interview that you've had, good or bad? Good or bad? Wow, it's uh, 
<laughs> Anything stick out? Huh. You know what? I, I, I got into it quite a few times with Al Harris. Okay. Remember Packer Corner? Yeah, I do. I remember the hair. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah Al, Al was, uh, he was an interesting cat. You know, I mean, he we catch him on the good day, and he would be engaging and funny, but you just never knew where the conversation was going to go. Okay. And you could say something. You could say something you thought was completely harmless, and he would snap at you and turn 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 the tables on you in a in a second. And then at the end, it was all good. You know, he'd want to give you a handshake or whatever, but he'd like to be feisty on camera uh, every now and then. <laughs> sure. You know, I think for the most part, it's no different than any high school locker room. You got one third of the guys who are loud and want to talk and have a good time. You got another third who, yeah, they could take it or leave it, but they'll they'll do interviews. And then you got another third who just do not want to do it. They're not comfortable, and it's just not their it's not their cup of tea. Exactly. Now let's get to this year's team. Uh, what are your expect expectations for the team? You know what? It's funny. Everyone has the the schedule out in front of them, and you look at it and you break it down, and you go, "Oh, that's a win. That's a win." And there's always one 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 way, one the other way, where you go, "Yeah, I was way off on that one." Um, I honestly don't think, and I'm not trying to be a homer here. I don't, if Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, Jimmy Graham stays healthy, there's no reason this team couldn't go 12 and four. Uh, I also feel like when you look at the, the schedule, the way it sets up for them, there's no reason they can't start the season six and zero. Right, right. Uh, they've got a four out of they got a four out of five game stretch there in the middle that is brutal though. Uh, you're talking road trips to the East Coast to New England, then turning around going to the West Coast to the Rams. Uh, you got one easy one in between, and then I believe you got at Seattle on a Thursday, and then at Minnesota the opening weekend of deer season on Sunday night. So those four out of five, I mean, you could, I think two and three would be a good, a good during thing, that yeah. stretch. Right, right. Yeah, and then you got Atlanta and Arizona, I think, uh, early on, and then three to finish. I think 12 and four in a division championship wouldn't be asking too much. Could it be 10 and six, 11 and five, make it as a wild card? That could also be the be the case, but as we saw last year, none of it happens if Rodgers. Right. There. I think Deshaun Kaiser gives them a better chance than Brett Hundley. I'm on board with that that uh, trade moving, you know, Hundley out of here. I think Deshaun's upside in the long term is just definitely better. Now you mentioned uh, Jimmy Graham. What do you think is the biggest offseason move they made? Do you think it's that, or do you think the draft where they tried to help out the defense? What do you think was the biggest move this offseason? If it isn't Jimmy Graham, I think the biggest move is bringing in Mike Pettin as defensive coordinator. There you go, yeah. And I, I really do. I think Jimmy Graham's impact, though, with Aaron Rodgers, I think you're going to see something truly special. You know, they, they haven't had that since it was a two-man tandem with Keith Jackson and Mark Chamura. And I think Jimmy's height and Aaron's precision, Jimmy's ability to leap, and Aaron's ability to roll out inside the red zone, they're just going to be monsters down low, down, down in, in between the 20s yeah. you know, to the goal line. I, I would not be surprised if he has 12 touchdown catches this year. No, cuts just happened. Were you surprised by any of the cuts? You know, I think on paper and by name only, people look at Aaron Rukowski and Vince Beagle as the two guys that you go, hmm, that's interesting. Clearly, Mike brought Joe Carriage back at fullback. I think Rukowski is more of a bulldozer and a grinder, a little bit stiff, and never never materialized into the John Kuhn type that they were hoping for. John would blast a hole, but he could also catch the ball out of the backfield, and you could count on him for that one yard to be slippery in between the tackles and have the power and leg drive to get it in on the goal line uh, or fourth and one on the 40. Uh, he just never materialized that way. I think the same goes for Beagle. They were thinking Clay Matthews liked and 
never really, really turned it on and, and showed much during training camp. I mean, he had some tackles in the last couple of preseason games, but unfortunately for Vince, he's kind of the odd man out. And this is a game where if you play light and you play, um, uh, you know, let's, if an offensive tackle gets his hands on you and you get no rush, you have no chance right. in this league. And then clearly Absolutely. Reggie Gilbert showed that he could push either in, in a bull rush or get past most of those offensive tackles where Vince Beagle did not. Now, as far as the uh, division, how do you see the NFC North this year? Which team do you think gives the Packers the uh, most competition this year? Oh, I think the addition of Kirk Cousins with Minnesota clearly makes the Vikings stand out more than most. But don't <laughs> don't sleep on both the Lions and, and, and the Bears. They Tough division, yeah. In, I mean, they made decent moves in the offseason. You could see this. You could make the argument for this being the most competitive division. I agree. When all said and done, with with a couple teams seven and nine, one team eight and eight, maybe one team eleven and five, and another team twelve and four. I mean, with all four teams at or above five hundred. Yeah, any of those teams can win any Sunday. There's no cupcakes in that division. I don't think this year. No, I I think the Bears they're going to do it the way they always have defense. Trubisky's got a ways to go before he can become even considered. Uh, uh, a, a game changer at quarterback. The Lions have a game changing quarterback, and what's suspect is their defense. Yeah. So those are two opposite teams in that regard. We know what Minnesota brings. I think if they stay healthy and Dalvin Cook is a shell of himself and what he showed last year as a rookie, look out. You know, Minnesota's going to be right there again. All right, Burke. Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate the time. I know you're busy. I'll let you go, and uh, good luck with everything. We'll talk soon, okay? All right, Greg. You take care, buddy.